Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. We have Lauren Betzing today uh, joining us and I'm super excited to talk about everything that she has to share about mindfulness with kids and in nature. She has these fantastic cards that I had a chance to look through today. Um, I just, I couldn't stop looking through them. They're so fantastic. So I'm excited to share those with everyone and welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Uh, thanks, Jenny. I'm so glad to be here and just so excited to get to share some of the stuff with your audience today. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, they're going to love it. So let me read a little bit about Lauren. Lauren is the founder and chief editor at Heart Flow Kids, a nature-based mindfulness company that is on a mission to connect children to their inner potential through nature, mindfulness, and imaginative play. That's beautiful. Pulling from her years of experience in academia, children's health programming, and policy positions at a national level, as well as her experience as a yoga and meditation teacher, she is passionately focused on helping to connect children and families to the magic of nature and the present moment. Lauren holds a BA in uh, psychological brain sciences from Dartmouth College and a master's degree in chronic disease um, epidemiology and health policy from Yale University. She is a registered RYT. You have got a lot of accomplishments here. (laughs) This is amazing. I'm feeling bad about myself a little bit. Okay. (laughs) She is a registered RYT 200 yoga and meditation instructor and holds a health and wellness coaching certification from well coaches. In the uh, contemplative practices, she is formally trained in mindfulness-based stress reduction, MBSR, yoga nidra, and kundalini yoga and meditation. Lauren, good for you. You have accomplished so much. Well, thank you. (laughs) Good for you. I think that's fantastic. You are just going after life. Yep. (laughs) And it sounds like these are things obviously that you're very passionate about. And that's why you continue to grow and learn about them. It's interesting. um, It's interesting. And one of the things that um, uh, we had talked about talking about is just about being present and um, so, so before we get there, though, can you tell us a little bit about you and about your family? Sure. So uh, we actually, uh, one of the first things that really drew us out into nature for a really committed, you know, getting out there every day was actually the thousand hours outside challenge. I think it Yay! was for probably over three years ago now, but I like most families, we were kind of outside and adventuring. Like my husband and I are both athletics. We're always outdoors doing things, but it wasn't the priority that it was, I think, before we started the challenge. And, you know, we kind of found ourselves in that, you know, going to the activities and going to school and all that kind of stuff. And once we really made it a priority for our family, that's really when we started to actually around that time, have a lot of shifts like in our lifestyle. Um, Since that time, um, we've kind of transitioned to being more of an unschooling, homeschooling family. Um, You know, our kiddos are in, my older son's in agile learning community, but we just spend a ton of time outdoors. We think of nature as the absolute best teacher. And my husband and I just both love kind of engaging with the boys outside. And We've just had so many wonderful experiences and memories since we've made it a huge part of our lives. And it's also played a huge part in my transition and kind of my career and like professional trajectory to even starting the company that I recently started that really focuses on nature-based mindfulness uh, tools and practices for kids. So 
it's been an awesome journey. And I just think even over the last couple of years, um, the last two years, really, as things have really shifted in our external environment, we're just seeing more and more the value of embedding these practices and helping our kids get outside and learn really deeply the magic that nature has to offer. Yeah. What a beautiful journey. And it's newer. It's newer because your youngest is just three years old, right? You said you have a six-year-old yeah. and a three-year-old. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My youngest is three and my older son is six. Yeah. And you guys are in North Carolina? Yeah. So we were in uh, the Raleigh area for quite some time. And then about a year ago, we actually moved out to the mountains, which was a big transition for us too, because it was, you know, moving from, you know, kind of suburban city life out to the mountains where it's a good distance to get to anything. Mm -hmm. Um, We live right off actually the Blue Ridge Parkway. So there's a ton of wonderful hikes and the rivers and we're right now actually in the middle of peak leaf season. And so there's people coming in from all over to kind of see the beauty of this area. So we feel very fortunate that we made the leap and we get to just literally enjoy one of the most beautiful wow. places every day. Wow. So is that near Asheville? Yeah, it's just about an hour or so north of Asheville. Okay. Yep. This is like our favorite place to come vacation. We don't, I don't even know if you know that. This is, have you oh, been no, to... I'm pretty sure that this is where we've been. Like you go along the Blue Ridge Parkway and there's like that cradle of forestry and the graveyard fields and skinny dip falls. And you have all these like little spots where you stop and you can look out, but you can take these hikes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it? we're more of like the northern portion of that, but it's the okay. same thing. There's all these like pull-offs and hikes and all that wow. kind of stuff. So the waterfalls. What mm-hmm. a cool place to live. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, well, let's talk about Let's talk about being present um, because that's something that popped out at me from this, um, some of your topics. And, you know, my situation is that um, going out in nature was really the first time I felt present with my kids. Uh, when I'm home, I, I have a really hard time being present because there's so many things to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, laundry and dishes and dusting and cleaning and Oh, there's so many things, but when we go outside and especially if, you know, phones are put away, even if I have a book, I feel like I can be present, but phone, I think takes our attention in a different way. Um, but I just found that I was more present and aware and, and in the moment with, with my kids. So, um, let's talk about just the, the power of the present moment and, um, how nature helps with that. Yeah, so absolutely. So we can talk a little bit about the nature piece and then perhaps how to bring it, you know, inside as well. So I always talk about nature as being the absolute best meditation and mindfulness teacher, because as you said, you're almost forced into the present moment by going outside, right? Mm-hmm. And there's just so many different things that nature offers, or offers. you know, as we talk about, you know, mindfulness and this like this being in this present moment and this focus on what it's happening now, nature provides this just amazing landscape to just look at the beauty that exists within the world, but then also have this really deep like sensory experience at the same time. So the reason that we become so present is that there's just so much going on around us, right? We can see with our eyes, the beauty, we can hear the birds chirping, we can feel the wind, you know, we kind of get immersed in this like bodily sensory sensory experience. And so it just, we find ourselves in the moment because of that. And so there's so much, you know, amazing research that shows all the benefits um, of nature 
culture for adults and things like that, but they're also starting to show in kids as they're getting outside, you know, we're actually starting to see some of the results of this and what happens in the brain. Like it really creates this like really calm brain state for Mm. kids and they just become super relaxed. And then obviously, you know, as many people know, all the benefits that result from that, you know, are huge, Um, you know, just decreased anxiety, more resilience, less stress, all the things that we need more of right now. Um, And so there's kind of this like outdoor environment that just occurs when we're outside and we really get present. But when we talk just more macro level, just about the present moment, what kind of happens and tends to happen in our lives is, you know, we get stuck in this busy, hectic, like frenetic pace, right? We have one thing to go to the next, here's our to-dos, and all of a sudden we find ourselves lost in our minds. You know, we spend so much of our days lost in our thoughts and lost in our minds. And by returning to the present moment and bringing it in as a practice within our lives, it allows us to come back to what is actually happening right here and now, right? Mm So we can think of the past as you know, all the things that occurred previously. And we can think of the future of all the now moments that haven't exactly occurred yet. And so when you really truly start to grasp that, you see that all that exists is right now. And when you find yourself here and right now, you just, you start to practice it more and you start to feel like there's just so much peace and presence in the moment that you kind of let go, right? You let go of the thoughts, you let go of the future and you keep returning because it just feels so good within inside your body. Um, and all action, everything comes from right now. You know, we think we, we trick ourselves, our minds trick us to think like, well, if I think about this, this is going to happen in the future that, you know, it's actually some like security or safety mechanism of the brain, but really all you can do is take action in this moment because Mm -hmm. that is literally all there is. Right. That's so beautiful. And I think, like you said, it's so pertinent for right now because there's a lot that we could worry about and there are a lot of things that are unknown and what does the future look like? Um, so I think all that, I love all that. We, I just had on, um, I'm not sure if you've ever read any of his books. I think you, if you haven't, you find them fascinating, but Dr. Jacob Lieberman, mm-hmm. and he has a book called Light future of medicine and and another one called luminous life and all about how light guides us. And so when I was reading about you, I, I thought of something he had said in our podcast, he was talking about, um, you know, how light guides the animals. So their aunt, you know, their fur knows when to thicken. And he said, they don't say, Oh no, I forgot to get my coat at Costco. You know, they're right there in the moment. And he said, our, physio- our physiology is always reading what has not yet occurred so that when it occurs, we're right there. We're not behind the eight ball. We're not ahead. We are meeting each moment. And this is called presence. It's not something you do. He said it occurs when we're naturally dancing with life in a yeah. harmonious manner. And I thought Absolutely. that was so beautiful. Yes, you know, that, perfect. That nature, being in tune with nature guides us to be present, you know, even just through light exposure. So, um, and like you said, never more important time than now you brought up neuroscience, um, Mm -hmm. and the impact of nature on children's developing brains. And one of the things you talk about is the myth of the resilient child. (laughs) I think that's, I think that's something important to talk about. Let's talk about that. 
Yeah. So, you know, I think there's this, uh, a lot of people are here the saying, well, children are so resilient. You know, we probably hear that all the time and how that, how that got started and kind of took off, um, is remains, I guess, to, to be seen. But one of the things that we really know from all the latest research neuroscience and children's development is that the first seven years of life up until kind of age of eight, where the analytical brain starts to come on board, the children are really in an alpha and theta brain state that is completely open to suggestion. And they literally lay the groundwork for all their thoughts, beliefs, and experiences. And so on the negative side of that, obviously, you know, as any trauma arises or any negative experiences arise, they actually become embodied within the self and they carry them and they show up kind of in our future experiences for the most part subconsciously. And so there's kind of this idea that, you know, anything can kind of happen to kids, they can bounce back, et cetera. It's just more so of the fact that a lot of times kids don't have the skills or language to emotionally express what's going on. So they shut down. And a lot of times they actually store that within their body. There's some really interesting literature and books. There's one called The Body Keeps Score that goes really deep into this. Mm. If, um, anyone is interested. And so there's also that side of it where we can obviously have, you know, negative experiences that stick with us, but there's also the positive side of it as well, which I like to focus on more so. And that's that in this period from zero to seven, um, literally kids are walking around this almost like hypnotic state, a very like deep meditative state. And that's also, like I said, where they're laying the groundwork of all their kind of beliefs and, um, you know, just building kind of the programming that they'll carry in their life. And so we have this just amazing, amazing window of opportunity when kids are particularly in that age range. That doesn't mean that after, you know, they still can't have great impact. But if we can introduce them in that time to really some core social emotional skills and resilient techniques using mindfulness and you know, some other resources as well, we really give kids this amazing groundwork, this amazing foundation that they'll be able to carry for the rest of their lives. And so that's kind of the idea of, you know, really understanding that there's just this core window and we have this amazing opportunity to lay down these beliefs in kids and really positive, like growth oriented, um, you know, I, am able to manage my body and, and listen to my emotions. And I have this inner knowing, right. That can carry me throughout life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever read, um, there's a book called the, Dis the disappearance of childhood. Um, uh, it's by Neil Postman and he talks about, um, it's really interesting. He talks about, and, and my time frames are going to be a little wrong, but he talks about, let's say up until the 1970s, that as a society, we were really concerned about protecting children's emotional states. You know, he talked about how, you know, if a kid would walk into a room and there was a radio program on about, you know, the news or something scary, the adults would turn it off. There was sort of this collective um, thought that, you know, we prote protect the minds and emotions of children, but there wasn't as much thought given toward protecting them physically, right? So kids would run around and play and, you know, scrape, scrape their knees and fall off their bikes and do these sort of things. And so he talks about how, you know, I think it's around the seventies where there was like this flip, hmm. right? Where all of a sudden we're super concerned about children's physical safety. Um, but so much less concerned about sort of their emotional and, um, you know, their well-being. And and even just as an example, I got a um I got an email from a company recently. They're like, can we partner up? They sell pants 
for like babies and toddlers that have like butt pads and knee pads <laughs> built in. <laughs> you know, so it's like that that kind of is an example of how yeah. we have we have switched. And I think he talks maybe a little bit about working and and we're we want kids to be resilient because we want to feel better about the decisions that we're making. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But I like what you said about the fact that, you know, it is a bit of a myth and, um, and maybe we should flip back a little bit more toward the way that it used to be. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's absolutely, you know, we, we're going to make obviously mistakes as parents, <laughs> you know, there's the whole, you know, point to some extent, you know, of this existence is for us to learn and grow and have these challenges, right? It's just the human experience. So it's not like we're, it's not a message of, you know, we have to protect them from all these things, right? It's more of that, you know, these early life experiences matter, right? That's where the foundation of kind of trauma is laid. And, and quite frankly, for, you know, adults that end up in therapy, what do they spend most of the time talking about? the early childhood experiences, right? Yeah, and how they're now showing yeah. up in their later life. So it's just more of a note to everything that's kind of going on in the world right now. Uh, it's just, it's important to just remember that there is this window and we do have this opportunity to just lay this groundwork for kids yeah. and really focus on kind of, you know, building a foundation. Yeah. And what we talk about at 1000 Hours Outside is really, this is simpler um, than we may think, you know, on the flip side, like you said, the positive side, it's just getting out to play, you know, giving kids time, giving them time to explore and um, open-ended play experiences and little playmates that those set up um, this foundation for lifelong learning. Absolutely. And it helps them in every facet of their development. So it doesn't have to be strenuous and it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be high stress. It can actually be real simple. Um, it's a simple concept, maybe not quite so easy to... Uh, to implement, but the concept is simple, at least. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's one of the things too, I think the research, you know, really shows as well. They've done some of these studies, you know, neuroscience studies and just impact studies with kids. And people think it has to be these grand adventures where they're going out for an hour and a half to two hours to these things. And it's really just truly green space and daily exposure. I mean, just repeatedly, that's where you're really seeing like the strong impact. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very, very simple. Yes. Nature is everywhere. That's for sure. Um, okay. I love stories. So you have in here the story of how and why Einstein had many of his breakthroughs while in nature. Yes. So I love, I love sharing this story because I think it, um, helps people to just understand more about how releasing from the mind actually leads, um, to some just great breakthroughs and then also just more presence in daily life. So uh, I like, I love sharing this story because I just think it helps kind of provide context for people. And I think it also helps parents because there's such a big focus on academic and cognitive performance and there's so much more to the picture, right? Um, for kids as they're yes, growing up. So absolutely. Yeah. So the, the story kind of goes and, and if anyone actually who's interested in um, going deeper on this one or learning more about it, I first learned about this um, particular story. There's a wonderful book by Gary Ferguson called The Eight Master Lessons of Nature. So if you want to go a little deeper on this, you could dig into that. But the story essentially goes that when Einstein would get stuck on a problem, he would head outside. There was kind of a patch of woods on the Princeton campus called the Institute Woods. And uh, some people might think, you know, he's heading outside just to clear his brain, whatever it is. But he had a really particular technique that he would use. 
He would stand outside, he'd look up at the trees, you know, he'd look down at the soil, he'd look around at everything, and he tried to figure out the workings of everything. And he did this on purpose because there's absolutely no way, right, that we could ever truly wrap our minds around what is occurring. Like, we still don't even know what is occurring in a square, like, yard of of dirt. Like, we still don't fully, fully grasp what's even happening in the soil. And so he would take himself to this limit where he was just trying to understand everything until eventually his intellect you know, just let go. He fell to his knees, right? And he opens up to this more freer and intuitive space where then kind of information would flow in. And so it's said that he had his absolute best breakthroughs while he was in nature. He actually did a lot of sailing at sea um, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And a lot of actually the, you know, just most well-known scientists and just, you know, folks that really kind of just like push the limit on some of these concepts. A lot of them were known for having a very, very deep connection with nature. And he, he even says, um, one of his famous quotes is, you know, look deep into nature and you will understand everything. Wow. And, you know, I just feel like that, that quote, right. Obviously says so much. And so it's just kind of a neat story. People assume that, you know, Einstein's brain was, you know, radically different from everyone else's, but really he had just over time kind of with this actually had a really great support network growing up. His parents really let him um, focus on, you know, curiosity and creativity and all these interests, but he really just developed this technique where he could let go of his mind And he said every single time when, you know, like he was literally trying to figure out the nature of this reality, right? Not simple stuff, but it was every time when he would let go of his mind where he would have his breakthrough on these concepts. Oh, that's that's, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, I didn't know any of that. I'd heard the quote before. So that makes a little bit more sense. And, and it's ironic that all the baby Einstein stuff was like (laughs) exactly the opposite of what he did. Right. Yeah. Like he wasn't Absolutely. looking at flashcards. He was just outside <laughs> looking at the dirt. So um, yeah, that's interesting and just kind of a, a fun little twist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chop's hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com outside120 code outside 120. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? 
If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit betterhelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. And so for parents that want their kids to do well academically and cognitively, that's a good reminder. You know, like Einstein, everybody knows about Einstein. He spent a lot of time outside. So yeah. um, let's talk about social and emotional learning and um, how parents can help their kids incorporate social and emotional learning when they're outside exploring with their kids. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so many different ways you can do this. Uh, one of my, my favorite um, things to do is to help children just really connect to the outside, right? Connect to the outdoors so they feel like we all are a part of nature, but really start to kind of build that foundation within themselves. And so, as you said, when we're outside, it can be as simple as kids are just playing and walking around. But let's say you're going on a walk and you just have those like really simple moments where you can just stop and say, oh, wow, you know, have you ever looked at the trees, how they're so deeply rooted into the ground, Mm -hmm. their roots carry on, you know, for for a while underneath us, but look how their branches sway in the wind and they're so flexible. Trees are really deeply rooted, but also flexible at the same time. Have you ever thought about that? You know, and that might be a little bit, you know, of a a long-winded way to explain it, but just dropping in these like simple nuggets about all the lessons that nature has to offer us or even seasonally, right? Right now the leaves are changing. I mean, what a wonderful metaphor for teaching kids about what it is to just let go, to be able to embrace change, you know, how different Mm -hmm. seasons lead to different times within our lives, how to be able to shift and change, right? As the seasons change, as the leaves fall. So there's just all these just amazing lessons that are out in nature that parents can just simply share with their kids, you know, just in those simple moments. So I think that's just a great way to honestly teach some of the best lessons that there are in life, right? About yes. to change, yes. about letting go. Resilience. Absolutely. Resilience. Yeah. Um, you know, the lesson of the caterpillar, right? Sitting in the cocoon so tightly for weeks and then it lets go, its wings come out, right? And it's this thing of beauty. You know, it just sometimes, you know, we have to be in these like kind of moments of contraction before we have expansion. And so as, you know, parents can get out in nature and just start, it's almost, almost the process I say is that parents really need to reawaken nature within themselves first, right? It's one thing to kind of go outside and have the experience, but are you really feeling it? Are you really feeling it within your body? And just start to look around and develop that awe and wonder that exists and bring it inside. So you're holding it. And then once you're holding it, it becomes so much easier to then model and share you know, some of those lessons with your kids. Um, Some other kind of like simple practices you can do as well is uh, I talked before a little bit of how it provides such a wonderful sensory environment. And so one of the things you can do, it's a great practice for kids, is to kind of put them into the mindset of a nature element, right? So you could choose a tree with like an awesome kind of thick trunk, or you could sit down by the river. And let's just use the tree as an example, 
you know, you have them sit down, like, let's just sit and put our backs against this tree. Oh, wow, this feels so sturdy. Can you feel that sturdiness within your body? You know, have you ever needed to stand strong in a situation just like this tree? You know, and you start just doing these kind of like simple examples with kids and it's so, so very tangible for them that they really, truly grasp it and they start to embody it, which is kind of one of the main things that, you know, I really speak to. And then just as a last kind of like third thing to share is nature is also just kind of on from a social and emotional perspective, a great um, landscape for helping children with empathy. Um, So we know that everything in nature is completely connected um, and everything relies on each other, right? You know, if you just think about the bees, right, pollinating all of our crops, um, there's just so many different interconnecting facets to nature. And so you can have children kind of think about, well, what is my role, you know, kind of in this outside, outside nature world, you know, outside my door in my community. And perhaps it's just doing a small thing like um, finding the right uh, food for, you know, the bird species in the area, or perhaps it's uh, planting a garden and, you know, using some of the vegetables, you know, to share with neighbors or whatever it is, just kind of finding the simple ways that children can connect with nature to see that they're part of this connected ecosystem and that quite frankly everything is connected yeah yeah it's interesting because we um we are new to gardening and I have missed out right <laughs> not uh not at any fault of my parents because my mom is always into gardening and my dad so this was like my fault I missed out um but we planted a bunch of flowers this year and this is our third year doing it but this year we we went a little more all out and so sometimes we'd go back there and it's like, there's all these bees buzzing around and moths and butterflies and praying mantis. And you're like, well, like we've connected, you know, like they're buzzing around in a little flower that we planted, you know, and, and then you start to think like, well, where would they be if, you know, if we wouldn't have planted those and they'd be somewhere else or we planted sunflowers. And so for the end of the sunflower season, these yellow finches would come. And every time we'd go walk out to the garden, then they'd fly away, but they're up and they're eating all the seeds, you know? So it is a fun way that you do feel very connected. Like what I do matters and we're all kind of in this together. Um, And it's so simple, you know, a packet of seeds is not expensive. And so that's something I thought about a lot this year because I kept going back there and thinking, I wonder where this bee would be if I wouldn't have planted this flower or or whatever. Like it's kind of silly, but... Yeah. And bees are actually, I didn't give that example, but bees are one of the best examples because they're just so integral, right? To our ecosystem. And they each bees, they each have like a very specific role within the colony. So it's actually a great, it's, it's a great life lesson as well for just being in community. And, and one of the examples of ways, you know, for kids to get out and contribute to nature is just opening up, you know, a pollination area, either for butterflies or bees. And they can just watch this life that just emerges and they played a role in it. And so they just start to see the impact they can have. And uh, it's, it's just so important, you know, for the planet in general. So. Well, uh, one of the things that I really get out of nature um, in terms of lessons for parent is about growth, you know, and I think, you know, when we grow um, a plant from seed, you know, at the beginning, you have to be very careful, right? You've got the seedling and you really have to water it several times a day. And sometimes you have to, um, you know, you have to turn it so that it's facing the light the right way, you know, but at a certain point, you put it in the ground and it does its thing. And then you kind of step back and you get to admire its beauty. And it's like with our kids, 
you know, if you think about their growth, it's not linear, you know, it's not assembly line, you know, and I think at the beginning, we really have to take a lot of care and then we plant and we water and we help and, and we do the things that we need to, but, you know, they all grow and, and produce their own beauty and, um, you know, serve their own purpose. And so I think there's always like this, how do you know kids are growing? And we, and we test and we test and we assess, you know, we do these different things, but like in nature, we know it's growing because we see it and, yeah. and we enjoy it. And so that's something that I, you know, in terms of nature lessons for parents, that's something I think about quite a bit, you know, that there's so much variation, that the root systems are all different and that we can kind of grow in our own ways. So uh, yeah, I love, trust the process, right? Yeah. I love that. The concept of just learning so many things um, from nature. How, how can parents who are feeling stressed or overwhelmed during these times use nature as, as a tool for less stress and anxiety and more peace and more presence? Yeah. So we covered, a, we covered this a little bit, um, you know, as I was kind of talking about some different ways to kind of get into nature. But one of the things that, that parents can do is just really take the time themselves to kind of reconnect to nature, right? So we talk so much about, you know, giving so much to their kids and giving all these resources and things like that, but, you know, we all have to fill our cup as well. And so one of the things that I think is great is even as you're doing, you know, the challenge or trying to get all these hours outside, make sure some of the hours are just for you, you know, just get out there and walk through the woods by yourself, through the trees, and just take that that time to just kind of decompress, right? So just having your own alone adult time in nature, just to kind of bring that magic within you. Because we know that children learn the best through modeling, right? So if they know you're truly valuing that time out in nature, and you find it as this just really restorative and like peaceful experience, they're going to take that into. So that's what I'd say is kind of like number one is just get out there yourself. And, you know, and it could just literally be during nap time, take your uh, shoes off, you know, socks off your feet and just like ground into the earth and take a couple deep breaths. Like it doesn't have to be a half hour hike or whatever it is. It could literally right. something like that to just connect or, you know, or sit and stare up at the trees or whatever it is. The other thing I would say too, is that a lot of times, you know, we're with our kids a lot and they're outside um, experiencing nature and having fun and playing around. And obviously some level of our awareness has to be on them, you know, for basic like safety things. But as you can, see if you can actually really come into the present moment yourself and actually turn your child's play into a mindfulness practice in of itself. Um, start to notice, like when they're playing, are you off on your to-do list? Um, you know, are you, you know, clicking through what needs to be done tomorrow? What happened the other day? Whatever it is. How much of the time you're actually spending lost in your mind? Perhaps there's things you actually have to do or get done when you're out in nature, right? Watching the kids play, like writing up the grocery list or whatever it is. But if those things aren't happening and you're just kind of sitting there, be in the moment, you know, watch them. Use it as like a great tool for yourself to have a practice. You know, I think people sometimes feel kind of limited, you know, when they want to start a meditation practice or just feel like I don't have the time. It feels really overwhelming. And what I always tell people is the absolute best time to practice is when you're in the middle of life, right? That's when it truly, truly matters. So use time when you're outside with your kids. If you don't have anything else going on, you don't have super young ones that, you know, you have to kind of constantly be there, um, be in the moment. And then you can also too, if you do have younger ones and, you know, 
maybe it's not as easy for you to kind of just like zen out and enjoy the nature, really watch them closely and, and see how they're like the other day, my, as an example, um, we have these little woolly worms, which are these little fuzzy caterpillars and they're really cute. And my son saw one. He just, he sprinted off his bike, laid down on the ground, perched his arms like this and just stared at it. And I just Aww. sat there and was like, how cool that kids live so in the moment that they'll run off their bike, literally plant themselves in the middle of the street. We luckily don't live on a busy street <laughs> and just stare at these like little tiny fuzzy creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just watching your kids and how they naturally act right before you could say that's kind of taken out of us a little bit by how busy and hectic society is that can remind you that there's no reason, you know, you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, whatever it is, you can have that awe and wonder yourself. Like how can you bring that back into your life? And by watching that with your kids um, in the present moment, being really focused, it kind of helps you to do that. And so those are just kind of two simple ways, both on your own. And then when you're with kids that you can kind of use nature to really focus more on finding yourself in the moment. Mm -hmm. Those are really good ideas. You know, I've been thinking, Lauren, about, um, you know, how life used to be. And, And this is something that gets talked about somewhat often is that, you know, well, I grew up in the 80s. And so kids just kind of were running around in the neighborhood and parents were inside. You know, I think in general, it was mothers that were inside and fathers were at work and moms were getting things done or making dinner. Or who knows what they were doing, right? Um, and I have had these thoughts of, you know, this isn't happening anymore. There's not this neighborhood play. And I've had these thoughts of, well, how nice would it be, you know, to be able to kick the kids out and, you know, you get four hours to get stuff done or, mm-hmm. I don't know, iron your iron your sheets. I don't whatever people were doing, who knows. But, you know, I think in this day and age, I am, in retrospect, I'm actually glad that I have to be involved because I need it. And Mm -hmm. this sort of shift has happened where we're taking our kids. Like this is different than how it used to be, right? Because there's not neighborhood kids out playing. And so what happens is we're involved. And Mm -hmm. I actually think that's a great thing. You know, I used to kind of be jealous of the old ways, but I'm like, well, you know what? This has turned out to be good for me, you know? And, and I think since the world is just so complex, it's almost like uh, this is the thing that will help offset it um, for parents. And so, you know, nature has really helped me on a personal level. I was in a bad spot before we started getting outside. So um, definitely helps with stress and anxiety and we, and we need it right now. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll talk, let's talk a little bit about the mindfulness in, um, in your cards, which I don't have physical copies of, but I have, I printed out some, I'm going to, I'm going to hold up a couple of these here. Um, you have these cards called infinite kids in nature. Is that the name of them? That's right. Yeah. That's the name of them. And so here's the thing. So I don't have the actual ones. And so I was, you can hold up yours. They're really cute. So, yeah. so I want to tell you my experience. So I was like, you know, getting ready to talk and I pulled up the PDF on the computer. You know, there's like a big thing about ink and, you know, I was like, how much paper do we have? I was like, I'm just going to print off one of these cards, Lauren, you know, so I can hold it up. I, I mean, I guess I should have thought that you were going to have one of course, but I was like, you know, I'll print out one. So I like, I opened the first one and then I was like, oh, this is really interesting. 
So I was like, I'm just, I'll just print out two, you know, cause this next one's really interesting too. So then I like scroll to the third one and then I was like, Oh wait, no, I got to print out this one too. And then I just kept going. And finally, I know. I even look at what the next one is. Cause I'm going to be printing out all these sheets of paper. They're really, really phenomenal, Lauren. So I just want to, I'm going to show these. So this one, um, no, obviously it's not normally this size. Uh, it's on a, a beautiful little card. Show yours one more time. Oh, so, it's so like yeah. a, so the, the cards are actually kind of like pretty thick. It's but a card, you know, yeah. but it's a card. It's not on a piece of paper. Like an activity card. So this one talks that. about the golden sunflower. Um, mm -hmm. So this would be on the front of it. And it's just so beautifully wor worded. And there's things on here I had no idea. It says... Um, the center of each flower is a secret code that nature carries, a perfect sequence that creates a spiral to allow in the most light. Yeah. That is fascinating. So this is why I had to keep printing out the cards because I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm fascinated by this one. So then, and then on the back, then you'd have the lessons of the sunflower. So you talk about the Fibonacci sequence, you talk about the patterns, um, and so the Fibonacci sequence is a great math thing, uh, you know, uh, so something super interesting for kids to learn, learn about, you talk about the spirals, you talk about the golden ratio. Um, and, and so let me read the sentence. Not only can sunflowers follow the sun from east to west, but also they are a perfect example of the hidden sacred geometric codes that we all carry. Lauren, this is like phenomenal writing and super interesting. And then you have this explore and expand. So on the front, you've got the sunflower and then on the back, the lessons of the sunflower and then this explore and expand. And this is where you get in sort of to the mindfulness, right? Um, take a few moments to stand here and feel their golden color and their warm light. Look closely, um, feel the glow. I mean, this is just absolutely beautiful. So, you know, I mean, they're so good. There's the sprouting seed and then it was the speck of sand. And it was talking about, you know, how, um, you know, it was like how long it took thousands of years for this one speck of sand to form. Anyway, I was, I was, uh, really, really drawn in. So let's, so talk to me about the cards. Tell me, sure. tell me how you came up with them. Tell us how we use them. I know they're in over 40 schools already. Um, I want to hear all about them. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drink 
ag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So get started today and get after your goals. Some of the things we love about Factor are their two-minute meals. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Our kids love the pancakes, smoothies, and more. And there's a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, including midday bites. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And remember, to sign up and save, we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash outside50 and use code outside50 to get 50% off. That's code outside50 at factormeals.com slash outside50 to get 50% off. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, the idea from the cards really came from my own life experience and my experience with my kids. Uh, I had known, I've been a a meditation teacher for over six years, mostly teaching adults, but doing some things with kids. And I, as my son, my older son kind of started to get around the age where I knew, you know, I could start really talking to him about some of these practices. I had, I had you know, looked at some of the different resources online and even bought him some of the, I'd say more like kid oriented things. And he just had zero interest. And I was just like, huh, all right, (laughs) let's go back to the drawing board on this one. And so I just started to notice as we were out in nature that, you know, as we all do with our kids, they were so much more engaged and just interested. And I started to notice within myself, as I was seeing all these different nature elements, I started to see all these Um, kind of lessons and like mindfulness practices within it. And so I just started to kind of naturally mention to my son when he was kind of down at the river throwing rocks. And, you know, we have this kind of neat large river kind of in our area. And there's all these like boulders and rocks and like the water's like literally going in 10 different directions, but it just always keeps flowing. And I just said to him, there's, there's one car that is about the river that's kind of based on this experience. But I just said, have you ever noticed how the water keeps flowing irregardless of the, you know, rocks or resistance on its path? It always heads downstream. It always finds a way, no matter what is in, you know, what is, what is in its path. And it shapes and curves the land, sometimes forming waterfalls, right? Sometimes these cool little prairies and things like that. And so I talked to him just about that. And I started to notice and he really started to pay attention. He's like, oh, wow, that really does happen. Like, see how it moves around that rock and that rock. And then, you know, I might just mention something else. It's like, oh, wow. Sometimes I love to close my eyes and just feel the flow of the water in my body. Have you ever done that? It feels so peaceful. And he'd be like, oh, no, I haven't. And he'd sit there and do it. And then we'd be out there. And then I just catch him like literally sitting on this rock with his eyes closed, just feeling the water in his body. And I was like, wow, like, I'm onto something here. Like he is really embodying these concepts and he is, you know, carrying them with him. Right. And he's making these kind of connections to them. So I started to kind of see that happening. And then honestly, the cards just, I almost say like they wrote themselves. Uh, Obviously I sat down and wrote them on the computer, but just 
every, you know, nature element that came up, all the lessons, everything just, it just came together just so naturally and organically. And the process behind the cards and the way they're set out the way they are is extremely kind of thoughtful. So the way that I did it is on the front of the card, there's just a really deep, beautiful illustration that just engages kids. And there's just kind of this like brief kind of one to two sentence description of about what this kind of nature element offers us. So even if you just looked at the front, you know, you could walk away with this great visual experience. And then also this just like neat lesson about, you know, what the river offers us. Can I read one? Can I read one? Okay. So this is, this is the next one in my pile because I printed out so many. And I, cause I agree with you. I think even from the first set of sentences on the front, this is a sprouting seed and it says, before a seed begins to grow, it is like it, it's asleep. The seed is dormant and hardy and can withstand changing conditions. It is not until it begins to sprout that it is vulnerable and needs just the right amount of light, water, and food to grow. And there's just a beautiful image of the sprouts there. So, I mean, I agree. Just from the front of the card, you get so much. Yeah. And then and then, uh, what I really tried to do on the back is really help kids get into this process of embodiment. And this is something that's really just kind of emerging um, in the kind of neuroscience literature and just even in kind of the mindfulness space as well is the whole point is helping kids to just truly embody a concepts, right? So it becomes the full body felt experience, you know, of the thing, the state or the experience of whatever is occurring. It's not just the thought or the mental understanding of it, but it's something that you actually feel in the sensations of the body. So the cards are very purposely set up for the top portion to really kind of get into this like deep cognitive, you know, not deep, but just this cognitive understanding of the concept. So kind of you were talking about the sunflower as everyone sees sunflowers, but to really understand that the seeds are laid out in the Fibonacci sequence and they, to allow in the most light, they're in the golden ratio. I mean, that's, it's, it's. Uh, wow. I mean, I didn't know any right? of that. So it just kind of like opens up the awareness and you're like, wow, like sunflowers have this much intelligence within them. Nature has this much intelligence. And then after you kind of have this like opened awareness, like the brain's kind of perked up, the mind's kind of like, wow, that's really, really interesting. And I see it, it happens with adults all the time as well. Then you kind of let that go. And then you kind of come into the body. And that's when you go into the mindfulness exercise that's related to the element. So in the case, there's one, um, you know, on stardust. So in the case of like stardust, you talk about, you know, what is it to think that we were literally formed from an explosion of a star, right? Um, And all these different elements that were formed from it. And can, you know, you feel like that within your body. And so you're really having this like deep sensory experience um, that kind of brings in the information that you just learned, but also, you know, kind of bringing in these core mindfulness concepts of the breath, um, you know, deep visualization and imagination, um, and then just really kind of grounding into the body. So the goal is it for it to be a total mind and body experience so that children really hold and embody the concepts. Yeah, they're really, really, really beautiful. Um, I love them. And you said you have different schools that are using them. Yes. Yeah, so we've had a lot of four schools and nature schools that have been interested in the cards. Um, I think we've sent them out. I mean, the, the, the cards actually just in the whole company just recently launched in the last uh, two months, but we've had a lot of interest um, from schools and nature schools. And so a whole bunch of sets of cards have gone out and we've started to get pictures back, but they're finding them really engaging because yeah. 
you know, they're able to introduce them in morning circle time or just yeah. even have kids kind of explore them or they're doing um, even just as a nature study where they're kind of taking one of the elements and then going deeper on it, but using the card as kind of like the basis for that. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people don't have, you know, really a lot of mindfulness resources that they can incorporate into the classroom that are simple. And I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of the feedback we've gotten from teachers is that they're just simple and they're easy yeah. and they're helpful for us too. <laughs> we yeah, get they're fascinating. Yeah. They're fascinating. Well, well done. I love them. Uh, okay. So let's, let's do a mindfulness exercise right here during sure. the podcast. Okay. Awesome. Yes. I'd love to. So uh, the practice that I'd love to do with everyone is just one of the most simple things that I think we can do. And so this is great when you're outside in nature. This is great when you're in the house and you just need a moment to stop. So what I just like everybody to do, if you're driving or, you know, any of those things, obviously save this and do it later. Uh, but just take a moment here to take your feet and ground them onto the floor and then just relax your body. If your spine is straight, and just start to relax. And then you can gently close your eyes if you like and take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your nose. And then just bring your attention down to your toes and just notice with awareness the area around your toes and then your feet and then your ankles and then your shins and then your knees, releasing any tension, but just bringing awareness to the body, to your thighs, to your hips, to your abdomen, to your chest, to your shoulders, to your upper arms, to your forearms, to your hands, and then back up to your neck, to your face, to your ears, to your eyes, and to the top of your head. And just feel the energy that exists within your body. Feel the energy and space around your body. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your nose. And then just bring your attention to your heart and find yourself here in this moment. Just deeply relaxed and deeply present. And remember the state that you find yourself in now is available in every moment. Taking a deep breath in through the nose and out through the nose. And then when you're ready, just slowly opening your eyes. We're good at that. And so, yeah, so that was just about a minute. And I just call that the really wow. simple inner body awareness practice. And I recommend it as just the best place for people to start, because as you can bring awareness to your body and just release some of the tension that you're holding within it, just by doing that really brief body scan, just kind of taking your attention up from the top and then reconnecting to your heart and just finding yourself in the present moment. 
if you ask yourself, is everything okay right now? Everything is usually okay right now. And so it's just this great kind of reminder to just constantly return, let go of the past, let go of the future and find yourself not right here, right now. Yeah. And uh, I will, I recommend a lot of times to parents is just practice that throughout the day when you can remember it can be the middle of the work day it could be even when you're waiting in line at the grocery store you don't even have to close your eyes sometimes it's actually helpful to practice it with your eyes opened because that allows you to bring that state of awareness into any point of your day right even when you're just sitting in traffic or whatever it is um, to just bring yourself back to that moment so then when you get into the more stressful situations or the heightened situations your body is now familiar with that state and you can get to that point where instead of kind of going into reaction mode you actually stop and you pause and then you respond right because it's all about just getting ourselves to that moment of pause before we respond where we're not just operating from our habitual programming and that's so much of what the present moment is and and really for any changes we want to make on our life for anything we desire the place to start is right in the present moment because that's where everything shifts yeah well lauren this has been so insightful and i think just very timely you know um this is this is what we need i think right now in our world is being present and learning things from nature and going outside and, and taking deep breaths. And um, so I, I appreciate all, all that you've shared today for everyone who's listening. Um, if people are interested, Lauren, in finding you and finding more about HeartFlow Kids and your cards, uh, where can they go? Absolutely. So the website is just www.heartflowkids.com. And we're also on Instagram at heartflowkids as well. And uh, obviously, you know, we have the cards, but um, my passion is just sharing with everyone. So I'm always trying to put out, you know, free mindfulness practices and resources and all those types of things. So if you visit our website and join our email list or just follow us on Instagram, um, I promise you will get a lot of kind of um, just tips and practices, easy ones too. Like as a mom, I know it's got to be simple. It's got to be easy. And I also want it to be impactful. Um, and so kind of pulling from my background and behavior change and all the research, um, you know, I just try to bring it down to kind of the key points. So yeah, you can find us there and then, um, yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, let's end with, um, a favorite outside memory of yours from childhood. Hmm. Okay. You know, it's so interesting that you were just talking about how we used to have the ability to be able to play outside when we were little. And uh, that is the memory that kind of just popped up is that we had woods um, behind our house. We just had maybe like an acre or two in our backyard. And my dad had cut, you know, kind of these trails throughout it. And I just remember just, you know, I don't know if I, you know, was bored or whatever it was, but I would just head out in the woods and I would just sit there and walk around and play with sticks and go down by the stream. And we kind of had these little spots that we created. And uh, I think that's where, honestly, at the time, it it kind of occurred naturally to me. I was drawn to it. Um, But that's really where um, just, I think the piece of nature was first embedded within me. Um, And it's something that I lost, honestly, for a while, but I was able to kind of recently in the last, you know, five, six, maybe 10 years, really kind of reawaken that. And um, that just memory of just the simplicity of childhood of being outside uh, just sticks with me. Isn't that interesting? It's like we end up going backwards (laughs) to go forwards, right? I think we're all trying to kind of to get back to those moments where we just could be and have freedom and 
um, enjoy life and in the simple moments. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you talk about a favorite outside childhood memory of yours and you're like playing in the woods in the backyard with a stream, yeah. you know, I mean, it's great. Absolutely. A couple of trails. I mean, that's, it's easy. This is easier. I think than we think. So, yeah. um, that's, that's simple the, things. Yes. That's what I always say. Life can be as, as simple as we let it to be, Yeah, as we let it yeah. to be. That's the truth. That's a great thing to end with. Lauren, I really appreciate your time. Heartflow Kids, people that are listening, make sure you check it out. Um, and uh, and I look forward to, you know, getting to know to getting to know you more. All right. Well, thank you, Jenny. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on and to uh, virtually chat with everyone. And thank you so much for all of that you do as well with your platform and impacting so many families. So thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, 
we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.